We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are live on a Saturday night in Baltimore, preseason game number one in the books for the Baltimore Ravens as the 2023 season, in some ways, regular season still a month away, but the 2023 season has commenced. Welcome inside the vault. I'm Bobby Trossett, joined as always by my co-host, Sarah Ellison. We are live streaming and simulcasting across all platforms, so glad you're with us. Tell a friend, tell a family member, whatever. Ravens beat the Eagles 20 to 19 inside the bank. And John Harbaugh opened up his post-game press conference like this. Great first start. Great to see the guys, the effort, the intensity, everybody trying to do whatever they could do to play their best out there. And like I told them, these are opportunities to learn. You know, and you have an opportunity. Every single person, we learn a lot as a team. We will when we watch the tape. And every single person can learn something, whether they played or not, about themselves through the course of this game. So now what do we do with it? That's what determines where we go from here. So hopefully we'll make the most of it. I, I believe in our guys, and I believe that they will make the most of it. So, But it's a great game, fun game. I thought our defense really stepped up in the second half big time. Two sudden change stops, two turnovers. See those guys make the play. Stiffened up against the run quite a bit, which was great. So, uh, And that's ended up being the, uh, the difference in the game. Then the offense closing it out at the end. In the two-minute, four-minute drill, that was really good to see. So so that's how Harbs opened things up. There were first impressions from this one, Sarah. There were uh, a bunch of different quarterback play, right? All three quarterbacks got to see some time. There were obviously a couple good surprises, including Keaton Mitchell. Maybe some folks weren't surprised by him whatsoever. But the biggest first impression that we should probably begin with is the rookie Zay Flowers, who showed that and reminded everybody that, that he belongs. Well, and I know this is the first time that you got to lay eyes on him, right? Outside of outside of college, I only had that one experience at camp, and it's exactly what I expected to see. Uh, he proved he is a problem. And how hilarious is it, Bobby, that Peter King, after one time being at Ravens camp, he goes out on his national column, and everybody picks it up. He's like, you know what? A defender's either going to have to hold him or have a PI or have some sort of penalty in order to make it so he doesn't get separation. And that is exactly what we saw tonight. For there was first, there was those illegal hands to the face, yeah. kind of the head area. And then there was the holding in the back of the end zone. Um, and then there, then the only time he really could be stopped was the false start 
What's hilarious. I was dying and he can get away with this stuff because he says it with a smile. He's like, no, man. And he quickly blamed his quarterback. It was hilarious. He's like, you know, he points over to Josh Johnson. He's like, he he snapped the ball too fast. He's like, he called the play. And then two seconds later, the ball was snapped. And he's like, both me and Doof are still, still moving. And, but they called it on me. So with the smile, he can get away with that kind of stuff and it's preseason, but he is a problem, Bobby. Yeah, he is. And and here he is uh, on his first ever NFL action, albeit preseason. I mean, do you, you sort of take pride in being able to make things happen even when maybe you're not catching the ball? Um, I take pride in everything. Um, it's football. So I love playing football. So I want to be, I want to try to be as complete and as, in every um, aspect of the game that I can. And on top of some of the observations that you just provided there, how about the juke? The juke was pretty impressive there. Rod Woodson and Jerry Sandusky on the call. That's that's courtesy of, I think, Spencer Schultz provided these. And I want to make sure that we give him Twitter credit. So I'm just going to display his his handle on the screen. For those of you that are, again, tuning in in our audio-only podcast Whatever day it might be, the next day, later on in the week, you can always find this this content on camera across both of our YouTube channels. But not only does he display and, and show off that lateral quickness and that juke ability that we know he has, but how about being a willing blocker? Isaiah Likely. And an effective one at that. <laughs> What's funny is, man, he is, oh, he is such a small frame. But he's got so much muscle, and you're right. He's just so willing. He's so willing, and he did get knocked back a little bit. We saw one of his legs kind of come off or whatever, but it was effective. He he helped seal the blocks there for, for a run. And that juke, that cutback juke, that is not um, an aberration. That is not, oh, he got a good first-time lucky start. This is exactly what I saw in training camp. On that first day of practice, there were like five or six of those quick passes to him. And Todd Munkin just wants to let him do his thing. So that quick little juke. And I mean, it's uh, good luck defenders. I can't wait to continue to see him. And he even said like, he was like, Oh, the game was a little bit faster at the NFL. Not too fast. He was, he said, this is why I wanted him to play, by the way. Some people were were saying they didn't want him to play. I didn't think it, it would be worth it, but it was good. He said that he's learning how to get more into routine. He's like, I can handle the pace, but, you know, it was it was faster for him and all of that. Want, figuring out how he wants to warm up, all of it. This was a good – he just had two series, a good outing, good little first introduction for him. I cannot wait to see him for a full game. Since this is always like a main topic of conversation in preseason play because of the controversies in terms of who do you play versus who you don't play, the Ravens look like they escaped without any major injury, we should mention right off the top. John Harbaugh confirmed that as such. You saw Tyler Huntley pull up on one of his runs in space, what looked to be some sort of hamstring issue. He remained in the game. You don't want to speculate anything, but again, Harbs got up there at the podium and said that the, you know they were minor Minor things, but I think the, probably the same could be said for Isaiah Likely as well. He was seen on the field in street clothes after being taken to the locker room with with the medical staff personnel. So the biggest thing here is being that Tyler Huntley provided such a spark for this team in the third quarter after somewhat of a underwhelming first half performance from Josh Johnson. You get the sense that 
And Anthony Brown handled fourth quarter duties, by the way. But you get the sense that the early front runner here to be Lamar's primary backup this year is Tyler. And so if that is the case, obviously you're concerned when you see him pull up like that. But it's nice to see, like we mentioned, Harbs saying there at the bottom that they avoided anything, you know, catastrophic. Yeah, and I don't, again, it's it's tough to know what Harbs means by not serious. I know that means it's not a season ender, but whether that means Tyler Huntley will be back on the practice field or Isaiah likely will be back on the practice field this week, I, I don't know. I don't know. So I hope so, though. I mean, it, it really was, Josh Johnson did leave or did lead a touchdown drive, but it just felt, um, it just didn't feel very smooth with him out there. Um, he did have that nice lead block on the big uh, run from Justice Hill, so we definitely need to give him props there. But it was almost as if – I feel like there was like the first couple, it was like a three and out, there was a touchdown, and then two more three and outs under Josh Johnson. Then Tyler Huntley comes in, and all of a sudden, things just ran smoother. And granted, Huntley was probably playing with the third stringers rather than the half first and half second stringers. Um, but he comes in, he completes four or five right away for 51 yards. He hits T Lon Wallace there in the end zone. Great, great catch by T Lon Wallace. It was a back shoulder, but it was a little bit low. It wasn't like the one that actually Josh Johnson threw to, um, who had the first touchdown? It was a back. Oh, Devin Duvernay. Like that one looked super smooth. The other one, T Lon Wallace had to do a little bit more to make sure he grabbed it and kept both hands in. So great game from him. Don't kill me, but I think it's Tylen. <laughs> well, it goes back and forth. I feel like, you know who calls him Tylen? It's EDC. So I'm like, of all people, you'd think that EDC would have it correct. Yeah, I used to say Tylen all the way, all the time. And then when I started hearing EDC start saying Tylen. Oh, well, I'm sorry. All right, you know what? We need to, hey, that's, a, you don't need to be sorry. I mean, Look I obviously need the help, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but that one, I gotta, we gotta look up the pronunciation guide. I've, I've heard... People say it both ways. So um, anyway, point being Wallace, I feel like has a lead on that wide receiver six role. If they do keep six, Uh, to be honest with you, I think Treadwell, Treadwell is probably the one that is giving him the most competition there at that Treadwell did well on special teams. Tylon Wallace. Now you got me saying Tylon. I don't know which one to say now. Um, But they both did well on special teams. And uh, poor James Prochet, uh, I just don't think there's a spot for him on this 53-man roster. Love him. He's a great guy. I know it's been a tough year. I think he lost his mom. Yeah. Um, that it, So uh, you love him. I love him as a person. But, I mean, that fumble on the punt, um, on top of things we've seen in the past with him in there, I, I just feel like, yeah, I just feel like there, there may not be a spot for him, maybe, maybe on the practice squad. Uh, but but to me, it's a competition between Wallace and Treadwell and probably Wallace leading that pretty, pretty well. Because we know that he's an effective teamer as well, which is obviously, you know, that bodes pretty, pretty well in, in John Harbaugh's eyes. But yeah, I'm with you. I didn't even have Prochet on the 53 entering tonight. So unfortunately, I, in my book, I think yeah. his stock is even is even lower than it was. And, you know, to your point, he's, he's such a likable guy. Lamar seems to always go out of his way to mention him in his media press conferences when talking about his guys. So you, you wonder if, if, if he knows something we don't, but. Yeah, I feel I, like that's I, Lamar's doing that for all of his guys. Like he names everybody. He does. You know what I mean? Wallace, he, Wallace is not always in there. I feel like though, I don't think he got the mention during the, the live interview in game with Evan Washburn, but whatever. I mean, he was on uh, the spot. So 
Yeah. I'm with you right now. It's probably between, you know, a former first round pick in Treadwell and a guy who's been in the system for a while and, and will contribute to special teams in Telon or Tylen Wallace. Somebody go help us out with the pronunciation <laughs> there. But uh, let's keep moving here because Keaton Mitchell, who's an undrafted rookie, has generated not as much buzz as one Zay Flowers has throughout training camp. But gosh, for an undrafted, you know, rookie, somebody who, you know, not a lot of us are too familiar on. He's generated some buzz. He's explosive. He's shifty. He is laterally quick. And you and he showed you tonight that he's absolutely going to throw his name in the hat for RB4, which could come down between him and the veteran in Melvin Gordon. What would you make of his performance? Keaton Mitchell is the exact reason why veteran running backs are having a hard time getting contracts. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, this is the reason. Now, again, we'd have to see him in the regular season and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, of all people, if you have, like, stock up, stock down, if you have anybody that has stock down, it's it's J.K. Dobbins. And it's not because – and it's not that he would be playing anyway tonight. Um, He certainly wouldn't be even if he were practicing. But it's like, this is why. This is why, like, not only did Keaton Mitchell play well, and he did, like – he his kickoff returns. I felt like he hit holes pretty well. He had some runs where uh, there was there, there could have been a tackle for loss, and he was able to um, have a second effort and then pick up a first down out of the backfield. There was a pass to him. Uh, I th- was it from from Tyler Huntley. I'm not sure who it was from, but it, it wasn't like a checkdown. It was one of those Todd Munkin designed uh, catches for, for running backs. And so he picked up big yards on that one. It just felt like he had a good game overall. And then at the same time, while I don't feel like his name was called as, as much, but Melvin Gordon, I felt like when he was out there, he played well. He had that, that one where he skied up in the air, uh, got hit, ended up getting the first down. And so kind of the point is, is like, geez, you can hold in, but to what avail, what, what leverage are you getting for sure, protecting yourself. I'll give J.K. Dobbins that, and he has a right to protect himself, especially after what he's been through. But if he's looking for leverage on a contract, all you did, all you're getting is a spotlight on all these Gus, Gus the bus played well. Justice, Justice Hill had the big run. Yep. And so it's like this is why veteran running backs are not getting paid. It's not because running backs aren't important. It's because here you have two guys who are fighting for RB4, and you love them. And so can they give 80% of what a J.K. Dobbins would do if, if J.K. Dobbins wants all this money? You definitely are going to have him for cheaper. Mm, that's the problem. And, and he continues to wait, right? We know that uh, Ian Rappaport, as we shared earlier this week on one of the Morning Vault episodes, has said there's been some long-term conversations about a deal, potentially you know, an extension being extended to, to J.K., but we don't know where that status is right now uh, and unfortunately for jk the more that he waits the more that potentially he loses out on snaps come september 10th so that's something obviously we're going to con- continue to monitor what about lamar jackson's in-game interview with evan washburn who of course was the sideline reporter with jerry sandusky and rod woodson up in the booth lamar had a lot to say and specifically was pretty fired up about this new relationship that he has with Todd Munkin. Here's that two-minute conversation. Lamar, great to see you. Congrats on a new season. So much to get into, but I want to talk about this offense and all the change of the offseason. What excites you most about what you're building? Uh, just being around great guys like OBJ, you know, Zay, my guy, Bate coming back, Dude, 
pro, you know, Mark himself, um, Isaiah Likely, the whole offense, and then the new addition, Coach Monkey. I'm just excited to be in the new offense. That's all. With Todd's direction, what do you hope this offense looks like? Man, a lot of explosive plays, a lot more points on the board. You know, um, when Giro was here, we still was won a lot of points. But, you know, with the new coach, you know, same thing, you know, but even more. Um, that's the only thing I can hope for this season. Let's run through some of the new pieces and start with Odell. I mean, he comes in with such a reputation as a playmaker, as a guy throwing the ball. How does he change things for you? He made my job a lot easier. You know, just put it anywhere in his perimeter, he's going to make something happen. You know, put the ball anywhere in his perimeter, he's going to make something happen. Uh, it's like throwing an alley hoop and Odell just finishing with the dunk. And Zay's a guy you've known for a while, but now seeing him on a pro field, what do you think we should expect from him this year? Like I said earlier, a lot of explosive plays. Zay is a playmaker. Um, even though he's a rookie, he, he played like a vet. You know, we've seen it a lot in practice, and the sky's the limit for him. On a personal note, Lamar, this was a life-changing offseason for you. To sign that deal, to know you're going to be here for a long time, what words best describe Um, God did that. God did this. And I'm grateful for it. I'm humble about the situation. And five more years. <laughs> Hopefully more. <laughs> and then back on the field with Todd as a play caller and a guy you've got to develop that trust level with. Give us a sense of how that process is built. Coach Todd, uh, the meeting room, I, I wish you guys could see the meeting rooms. Like, he's full of, like, expressing what he's got going on in his mind. You know, his mind is everywhere, but it's like he wants you to be keyed in at the same time. And we be locked in, you know, trying to see what his thoughts are on the field, you know, with situations um, throughout the games and practices and stuff like that. Because, you know, we go over situations and stuff. And it's like... I love him as a coach right now. You know, I'm grateful for him. So that was courtesy of WBAL-TV, Evan Washburn's in-game interview with Lamar. And before we break down what we just heard there, we want to shout out and thank two of our returning patrons who are supporting everything we do here inside the vault through Patreon this month. So Blake Yaspa and Mike, thank you both for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. If you guys are interested in doing the same out there and you haven't already done so, you can check out what we're offering by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast. We have more than 400 folks uh, tuning into here on a Saturday night, Sarah, just after 11 o'clock Eastern. So it's good to be back in live streaming format. Obviously, we're going to be doing this for the rest of the year post game wise. So feels good to be back. But um, one quote that wasn't played there, and it was more like a three minute thing. I just for time constraints, I wanted to make sure we kind of kept things moving. So one thing that you didn't hear there was Lamar on how Todd Munkin is essentially empowering him. I know we both tweeted this and the quote is uh, Lamar. I've been sending him plays and stuff I've been seeing and he's been putting him into practice and they've been working. I'm glad he's listening to me. The sky's the limit right now. So there you have like this autonomy, this creative freedom, this empowerment that that Todd, as he continues to get to know Lamar, as Lamar continues to get to know him, it's early. We're all in a honeymoon phase right now. But that to me is encouraging as they kind of implement this new scheme. Lamar was not giving the standard stock answers that you give about yeah. a coach or that you give about a teammate. He is genuinely happier. Bobby and obviously the contract is is all is all good obviously he gave you know he said he gave God all the glory on that one but when it comes to Todd Munkin this was not your standard like hey man you know he's he's great coach appreciate him and then you move on 
Like there was twice where he was like, he said, he goes, I wish you guys could be in the meeting rooms. I wish you could be him. And then he's trying to explain like Todd Munkin's mind and the way he tries to take his visions in his mind and puts it on the field. And so he's just excited about that. He's excited about the type of offense he's going to be in. And then to your point, the quote that you pointed out, like he just, I mean, he said, he goes, I love that he's listening. I love that he's listening. And then, and then Lamar, it just brings so much joy to him and his game when he's like, he's empowered and he's being able to come to his offensive coordinator and say, Hey, I'm seeing this. And then his offensive coordinator listens to him, implements it. And then it works. It's like, you know, you could just tell he has that, he has that fire back. He has that spark back and he's just happy. And then you, and then he asks about Odell Beckham Jr. Talking about, it's like, this is great. All I got to do is put it in the vicinity. It's like, you know, throwing up an alley-oop and then he dunks it like between Todd Munkin and these new receivers, Lamar Jackson is genuinely happy. Yeah. I think it's a great observation. Let's shift gears and start talking about some positional battles. Again, you don't want to overreact. You don't want to jump to any conclusions. We're one preseason game in, but a guy like Ben Cleveland, who is fighting for a 53-man roster spot, uh, potentially, well, maybe his 53-man roster spot is safe, but starting left guard duties, we know that he, he should be in the running for that. He has not necessarily generated a ton of buzz throughout camp. We know that last year he lost out to Ben Powers really because of uh, having a late start because of failing the, the conditioning test. So unfortunately for Ben, it wasn't a great start to 2023 because this was put on tape and granted he's going up against a rookie and Jalen Carter, who is a certified, he is going to be a problem. All right. And this defensive line for Philly, by the way, they didn't, we didn't even see anything. We didn't see nothing tonight, right? <laughs> Philly's defensive line may be the best uh, in all of football, but here's, here's one that caught the attention of some folks uh, on Twitter. And you see Ben lined up at, at right guard there and he just gets beat and he gets beaten badly by again, a guy who was making his debut. We'll, we'll run that thing back. Once more, again, for those of you in audio only, you can always find this in on-camera form. But Sarah, he's just, the, the footwork he just gets like beat. He, like, I don't even, again, to your point, yeah, it's, it's Jalen Carter. He's He was the number nine overall pick. But, like, I don't even know what, what Cleveland's trying to do here. He didn't even, he just seems so flat-footed. And Carter just has to, like, push him to the side. It doesn't even look like it's that strong of a, of a swipe on him. You know what I mean? Sometimes, sometimes pe- defensive linemen will come in with so, with much, so much power that you just kind of get thrown. Like, it's not even that, like he just is like flat footed and doesn't have like a, can't move his feet to come back on his, on his second move. It was, it was, it was disappointing. It was disappointing. And, and to me, again, we haven't been out there for, for training camp. So these are, these preseason games are a great window for us. But if that's indicative yeah. of what he has been doing in training camp, then it's easy to see why he's not even in the conversation for the left guard battle as for the starter. It's unfortunate. It's one rep, right? But uh, it's, it's not a, not a great, exactly. To, to your point, it's, it doesn't bode well for what Ben's role could be in 2023. 
You saw a bunch of different rotating casts, by the way, throughout the night up and down the offensive line. John Simpson, who's also in the running. And when when you look at the depth chart, he is going to be, if regular season started tomorrow, he will be the starting left guard for this team. He had a nice seal block on that Justice Hill 37-yard rush where Josh Johnson was uh, was out there trying to block for his running back. So uh, a decent night for for John. I thought Daniel Falele, when I look at, at all the offensive linemen tonight, I think he may have had, you know, the the night of nights in terms of what he's capable of doing. The guy is, man, he is a mammoth of a man and he moves well and he's got good footwork for his size. So I don't know where he fits into the puzzle, Sarah, but he was somebody that stood out to me. Uh, what about your, what about our guy, Sala? <laughs> Sala. <laughs> Well, you don't you don't want to have your name called. John Simpson's name wasn't called, but to your point, uh, you, we saw him in that Justice Hill uh, run. And uh, and by the way, Cleveland had a good block on that. I just buried just uh, Cleveland on the last one, but he did have a nice block. He he hit a defender to his knees on that Justice Hill run. So want to give you know Cleveland his due on that play. Um, but Sala, you don't want your name to be called. And the Ravens' offense had some momentum there in the fourth quarter. Um, just had a 15-yard catch that was negated by Salah having a holding. Uh, so you're really losing 25 yards on that because it's the 15-yard catch, plus you got to go 10 back from where the ball was snapped. You can see it on his face. They had a close-up on his face. He, like, was disgusted with himself. He certainly wasn't happy. Um, so, you know, you don't want to – we'll see. We'll see. With somebody like Cleveland, he's had three years, right? So you're disappointed – in plays that we just saw because it's been three years. Whereas if you're a six-round rookie and you're in the conversation, you get a hold, it's like, okay, what can he do with that? What can he do going forward? Um, will he will have a chance in the rest of the camp in these next two preseason games? Can he bounce back? It's certainly not something that you write him off for, but that's not the way he wanted to start. With so many different rotations and, and combinations, and John Harbaugh mentioned this, in the post-game press conference, a relatively clean game. The Ravens were penalized just four times uh, for 35 yards negated. So, you know, all things considered, you know, you know, Joe D's got to be thrilled with that. And Salo, of course, would, would wants one back for sure. But but a relatively clean game overall mechanics-wise. Uh, what else? Position battles. Where do you want to head next? Well, uh, I don't know that there is much of a battle here, but we can head over to cornerback. The Ravens have a problem. The Ravens have a problem. Um, Jalen Armour Davis nor Pepe Williams uh, was out there tonight. I assume it was due to injury. They haven't been practicing uh, due to injury. Pepe Williams had just gotten back, and then uh, in his first practice back, he was, uh, I, believe he, I believe he was carted off. I, I, I think he first got you know, walked off and then they took the cart in. So not one of those that, you know, the cart comes out onto the field. Um, Jalen Armour Davis, he finally had just gotten back after injuries last year, um, hasn't played. Um, you know, the guys that played well as defensive backs are really more your safety. So Daryl Worley was lights out. He had that relentless sack uh, where he jokes he probably wouldn't have been as tired if he got, you know, the quarterback the first time, but ended up getting a 21-yard sack. He had a forced fumble. He had, uh, I believe he had a tackle for loss. Uh, he had just a great all-around game as a safety. Ardarius Washington thought he had that nice, he had that nice pick uh, when the Eagles were threatening to take the lead. Um, that was after Anthony, 
Anthony had thrown that pick. They almost they had the pick six. They went for the two point conversion, and then Ardarius Washington put the clamp on that. So Ardarius Washington safety he could maybe be CB three. Um, so Brandon Stevens, I felt like he had a decent night. I think he had one long reception where you wanted him to turn around sooner. So he was all right, but there's not an outside corner, Bobby. There's not an outside corner that you're like, this looks good. We don't know what the status is of Rocky scene. We don't know when he's going to be back. And when he is back, we haven't got a chance to really see him play. The Ravens have a problem at cornerback. And I feel like we've been beating that drum since before training camp even began, just looking at the depth chart. I know they've been wanting to give their younger guys a look. We've had a look. They need to sign a veteran who can contribute. And they know that too, you know, they're looking, they know that, you know, after this was after we were done for the week in terms of what we do, you know, Monday through Friday, but Josina Anderson, NFL insider reported that they had William Jackson in for a visit veteran free agent cornerback. So, you know, they're, they're looking, I wouldn't be surprised to see if they maybe are still in touch with Kyle Fuller from a year ago, who they began last year with before he tore his ACL in week one. So clearly as you see these observations for you, you know, Ravens need to sign a cornerback is at the bottom of your list just in terms <laughs> of the way you put this together. Priority-wise, it might be at the top, you know, just in terms of importance and depth and and all the implications that come with, uh, you know, having a group that's it's very inexperienced and somewhat depleted right now before the season even begins. And we know what they're going up against, both in division and out of the division, um, you know, playmaking-wise at the wide receiver position. So this is the week, Bobby, this is the week where they would, this is when I think the veterans that have been waiting for a while, this is the week that you start to get those signings in. It's after the first preseason game, you've got about two weeks left of training camp. So the, the, the clownies of the world, if he's going to sign, this is the week he's got to start making that decision or, uh, the Kyle Van Oys of the world, um, you know, William Jackson, as you said, I don't know who else they can look at. I don't know. I don't know what the status is of somebody like a Kyle, uh, a Kyle Fuller. We don't know if he's healthy or whatnot. Yeah, no. Um, but anybody that you're going to get at this point, by the way, there's going to be some, there's going to be some warts, right? So like William Jackson, he's coming off of a, I believe a back injury. Um, Kyle Fuller, he's going to be coming off of that. Did he hurt an ACL or Achilles? I can't remember. In that Jets game. Fuller was the ACL on non-contact on the okay. MetLife Stadium turf. And I believe this offseason, they literally like completely redid the field and went artificial grass, if I'm not mistaken. Don't quote me on that, but they made a major change that's going to be sort of reinventing the wheel for them this year. And I'm sure it was due to, well, one, needing to more modernize it where everything else, other stadiums are going. But how many injuries happened on that field? It's like I'm sure they were feeling the pressure. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, what I think, what I think what the Ravens really need to do is they're probably going to need to pick up a vet like this. And any of these guys at this point, that are still on the market. There's going to have some warts to them. That's fine. You're going to have to sign them anyway. I think somebody like Clowney is like, or Van Noy is more legit, but I think ultimately unless rock comes back and he's playing lights out, I think ultimately cornerback is where you look for, yeah. Um, Eric DaCosta to make one of those in-season trades because that's to me this is this is this is the area where it needs to get done and Eric's been phenomenal out of that on that I think almost every year except for one he's made a pretty impressive 
in season trade. And this is where I would look for them to do it because I just don't see the help that they really need out there. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our guy, Jason Zarotniak, who's a patron uh, for the vault, supporting us on a monthly basis. He uh, he weighs in that he'd like to see a little bit more playing time for the rookie cornerback in, in Caillou Kelly. Maybe maybe that's something that they look look into, you know, next week when they play the, the Washington Commanders on Monday night. By the way, joint practices are coming up this week, Tuesday and Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. So two more games, two joint practices coming up this week, Washington is on Monday night football against the commanders. And then they'll finish things up on uh, Saturday, the 26th against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But uh, good comment there from, from Jason and then sticks Jones. This is interesting. Clowny stock went up tonight. He says essentially saying that the pass rush was too inconsistent. And I would have to agree, you know, look, we only got to see David Ajabo for a couple series. He's going to still, have to adapt and and find a way to to post Achilles, get his way into you know daily NFL life, but uh, you know clearly based on what John Harbaugh had to say last week, not only about the cornerback position, but he essentially said they're looking at more than just Jadavian Clowney, which you kind of led to I think you thought that that might be Kyle Van Noy still in play as well. So yeah, there's still moves yeah. to be made between now and the tenth. Yeah, there's other veterans out there, too. Um, as far as outside linebacker, it's like David Ojabo didn't make like any amazing plays. He did have one that he'd, he'd want to have back. He's It's not just being full speed or, or whatever. But uh, to me, you can still see like he's just he's violent with those hands. He's very strong. He just is uh, still technically a rookie. You know, he played a little bit last year, but not a lot. So it's not like he's played a full 17-game slate. So uh, I still think there's a lot to like there. Odafe Owe didn't play at all. Um, how about Malik Ham, right? The, the hometown guy coming in, getting a sack, and 
you know, so so they were all right. But but again, I, I guess I'm not as nervous about outside linebacker just because I do feel like there's options out there that will be good. Um, so I guess that's not as high on my radar only because I think they're gonna they're actually gonna get somebody that will contribute. Whereas cornerback, I I don't even know if anybody that they sign is really gonna make me feel great. Thanks to some of the super chat feature donations that are coming in from our viewers, Asmodius. We got Scott Price, 20 bucks. Just so nice to see the uniforms again. I enjoy what you guys do. Thanks. Number nine is as good as it gets. We got to get to him in a second. No serious injuries. After 2020, I will never be able to really enjoy a preseason game again. Cheers. And Catherine with a 1999 super sticker as well. So thanks so much for the support, everybody. And we should probably talk about the main man of the hour who reminded everybody who he is. 60 out. That's Justin Tucker. And it was a classic reaction from John Harbaugh, who the camera caught saying, wow, and almost shake, shake, you know, shook his head in disbelief, even though you got to believe it at this point. It's unbelievable, but you got to believe it because it's just what he does. Rod Woodson was on, he's on the record for saying that is a first ballot Hall of Famer. And Justin himself, just, you know what he does at, at this point, Sarah. He puts his arms up, he shrugs. This is just what I do. 60 and it could have gone for 70 maybe it was it literally looked so easy it looked so ridiculously easy and like i see him go up and i'm like all right what's the yards what's the yards they say 60 and i'm like boom he's got it it's august it's not like you know the winds are swirling down there um what's the uh new long snapper's name well, that's where I was going next. You think about the system, the procedure, the the perfection that is is required, you know, the attention to detail within this operation. They got a new long snapper just a couple weeks ago in Tyler Ott, who, yeah, is a former All-Pro, but Nick Moore goes down. They've been working together these last couple of years without Sam Cook, and to think that it's that easy, and, you know, it's only one game, but that seamless of a transition speaks to his greatness, speaks to the operation, speaks to the system. It's unbelievable. You know that absolutely. Thank you for getting his name, Tyler Ott. And you know, it's so funny because a reporter had asked um, John Harbaugh after the game, like, is there a reason why you had Justin Tucker out there anyway? Like, he's like, shouldn't you have like a camp leg or whatever? Uh, and Harbaugh had said that, you know, they didn't feel like they had the roster flexibility, but they are talking about it. They might, you know, try to give him a little bit of um, rest, but you know that Justin Tucker wanted that. He was so excited. He does not care that it's preseason. That's like his shot to show you, oh, sweet, a 60-yarder. Let's do this. Too bad it's not a 70-yarder. He was all for that running out there. He is the GOAT in every sense of the word. Did you catch what I just did over here? I did. I was trying not to bring too much attention to it, but it seems like you're willing just to take it. <laughs> For our audio only folks, again, I am drenched. I just absolutely... <laughs> the problem with these flasks, like these these new sort of like HydroFlow water bottles is that when they're filled up to the top, they're so heavy. And yeah. so it was lackadaisical by me, but but it slipped out of my hand and thank God I caught it on the way back down or else. And if Brad's watching this right now, who owns this studio, he's going to have my neck, but <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I hope you did not fine. get the equipment. Everything's fine. It was really close to the equipment. And it brings me back to my radio days at BAL. The lead producer had a rule and the rule was you do not put your water bottle 
on the studio table. Well, when you're doing solo shows for three, four hours, <laughs> you don't want to get up and you want just immediate access to the water bottle. Well, now I know why. So that was close. That was close. Anyway, <laughs> good thing we didn't. Well, good thing we didn't have the full screen there, or else I would have been screenshot like crazy. <laughs> anyway, where were we? Uh, well, I do. We were talking about Justin Tucker. Um, I do want to bring up one last guy, and you know what? It's too bad that me and Kadri Ishmael put a bet on it because. Oh, I know where it you're going. It, it makes me sound like I'm a hater for Charlie Kolar, and I'm not. Like, I'll happily lose a bet if it means that like another Ravens drafted player is phenomenal. Uh, but yeah, he didn't have a great outing. If he's gonna be like the next Mark Andrews, which is basically what Kadri Ishmael seems to be like selling the or was no, selling, he seems to be Mark. backing off a little bit. Yeah, I think he thinks it's more than Mark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he had that, uh, that catch in like, it, it was like a two minute kind of drill. Right. Yes. Uh, and then he should have just gone out of bounds because the, the Ravens needed the clock. He stayed in and then he fumbles. Luckily the ball went out of bounds, but to his credit, uh, they went back to him on his very next reception, uh, in the same two minute drill and he caught it and went out of bounds. So, you know, learns from those mistakes. Um, but yeah, just not, I'll tell you, uh, the other it's Travis Vokalik. That he was stood out. Much. Yeah. I've been hearing his name a lot from Ravens training camp. A lot of reporters talking about him. I had never seen him before. So to be able to carry from practice into the game, he had that 23 yarder and he's a big boy. The Ravens also need somebody who can block uh, really well after Nick Boyle and Oliver has has gone. So if he can make catches like that, and he's a big, big body, it's like all right, undrafted rookie. That's you, you, you caught my attention tonight. Yeah, out in Nebraska, big body. So yeah, that was that was encouraging for him. Maybe he puts his name in the hat. Kohler's Kohler's not guaranteed to make the roster if a guy like this comes out of nowhere, right? I mean, they, yeah, he's he's. He's been in the system longer, and and they have draft capital. You know, they've they've spent draft capital on him. But hey, It'd be pretty risky not to hold on to Kohler. It would be. You could, you <laughs> could probably you could probably sneak the undrafted rookie onto a practice squad more easily. Absolutely, but, and they love and yeah. gosh, they love. You know, he guy put up a lot of production there at Iowa State. So, anyway, how about um, how about Poe? How about Poe? <sighs> Let's go, Poe, and then I got a question for you about the running back once we right. come out of Bow. I know we talked about Keaton Mitchell, but I don't feel like we really finished up there. I got a question for you, but let's go, Poe. Let's see this. I never saw the video live. I heard people. I saw people tweeting about it. Well, it's just nice to see Poe make a full recovery from last summer's torn ACL that we watched unfold, basically in real time <laughs> on camera. Poe is now back. He is he is back in costume. Of course, the Ravens mascot. And this year, the Ravens were not messing around whatsoever. <laughs> and as you can see, and for our audio only folks, they bubble wrapped Poe. They bubble Literally. wrapped him and they escorted him out with, with two Ravens. That is so good. Uh, I love it. I love it. Have a little fun with it. Um, sometimes I think it gets a little corny sometimes what they do with it. But, uh, but that's funny. 
put them in bubble wrap. That's pretty good. Okay. Here's my question to you. So we yeah. talked about Keaton Mitchell, really good outing. Yeah. Melvin Gordon, good outing. Justice Hill, good outing. So we talked about what that means with J.K. Dobbins. Okay. So here's the question. Is it, are the Ravens going to keep four running backs? Last year they did, but obviously both Dobbins and Gus Edwards were coming off of their injuries. They clearly weren't ready, so you had to keep more than three. But let's say, let's say, because J- John Harbaugh said that, he, that J.K. Dobbins would be back very soon, right? Mm. Just like I said, this is the week that you'd probably start signing people. To me, I'm watching to see if J.K. Dobbins comes back this week. So let's say J.K. Dobbins comes back to practice. He's healthy. Gus Edwards said he's healthy. Justice Hill, we saw what he just did tonight, and he does well on special teams. So if you have three healthy guys, do you keep a fourth? His, if you know, you hope history doesn't repeat itself, but I think you should. Yeah, I, I would operate on the side of, you know, err on the side of caution, and know that all four guys. And we're, there's a debate in terms of who's the fourth, Melvin or or Keaton at this point, right? Maybe that'll be settled over the next couple of weeks. You'd hope it would be, um, but all four guys can do both, right? They can they can participate in Todd Munkin's new passing scheme, you know, in this new offense, but they can also all, you know, be dynamic rushers for you. So a lot of this depends on what JK's plan is obviously, but I would, I would feel more comfortable with the insurance of a fourth going in. Uh, Yeah. It's funny because on Twitter, somebody had asked me this a while ago and I kind of like gave like a kind of like snap judgment reply of three. I was like, Oh, I think they'll only keep three. Um, I guess what I want to do, I still feel like if they're crunched at roster spots elsewhere, I think they could easily stick with three, especially if everybody's healthy. That being said, I wish that I had looked more holistically to the 53 and seeing where there could be roster crunches Mm. because maybe, maybe they keep five wide receivers rather than six. You know what I mean? So I wish I had looked at the roster more holistically before I had answered that. So I'm going to leave the door open for four. Um, and, and I will say this, I think you might have an easier time and maybe I'm wrong, maybe putting Gordon on the, on the practice squad, because remember he was cut mid season in Denver, cleared waivers, was signed by KC and then KC put him on the practice squad and he was on the practice squad for the last several weeks of the season. So, but can you do that for a young up and comer? I think you have a harder time doing that with the young up up and comer in Mitchell. So I'm going to, we're obviously going to do our 53 man roster predictions after the third preseason game, maybe even before we got to talk about the timing on that. Um, So, but, but this is one I got to look at to see what's happening on other roster roster spots. Yeah, no, I, I think what he popped tonight, he flashed tonight, Keaton did. And I think if, if other teams see that and all of a sudden he's on a practice squad, that's that's a slippery slope there. Whereas Melvin, you know, to your point, he was already waiting as it was to be signed throughout the majority of this offseason. So I think that's probably, a, you know, a safer bet just in terms of, you know, making sure. And by the way, with roster projections and stuff, I think it'd be great to have our guy Jason Smith back on from Huddle It Up Films. I know he's been tweeting back and forth with us. So maybe 100. We, yeah, I know you lined that up last year and I think people enjoyed it. So. That'd be fun to revisit with with our guy Jason. So, anyway, we, you know, 
I think that's that pretty much covers it. I'm sure there's a few loose ends here and there throughout the preseason game, but uh, you know, bottom line is the the extension continues, right? 24 straight games. Unfortunately, that becomes a storyline again that we have to at least mention. So that will go another week. Joint practices kick off this coming Tuesday with the Washington Commanders. They will then play them down in Landover on Monday. And then the following Saturday, they'll wrap things up with the third and final preseason game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Of course, then it's week one time, which is September 10th on Sunday against the Houston Texans here in Baltimore at the bank. Anything else from you? I had fun. This is going to be awesome. It's so good to be back with you live after a game. Felt good coming out as a preseason. I wish we only had two preseason games. Can we get the owners to go from three to two? That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So two more is going to be a lot, but I'm excited for the second one. Uh, this is going to be a big week because it's these, these as you mentioned, these joint practices, coaches can actually play some of their starters in those because you can control that environment better. So this is going to be a week where it's going to be re- like stuff like Sala versus John Simpson. Stuff like that's really going to start revealing itself more of these running backs, all that kind of stuff. I think this is going to be um, a very important week in terms of what the coach is making decisions about rosters. Agreed, which means compelling content, hopefully forthcoming. As always, thank you for being a part of our live stream. Thank you for the donations. If you want to do so through Venmo instead of the ch- you know the chat features that YouTube offers, you can do so through of at Ravens Vault Podcast, as you see there up on the screen. Again, you can always hit us up via email as well. We're always looking for feedback with this new format we're doing in terms of our daily show. So hit us up at Baltimore Ravens Vault at gmail.com. You can find Sarah on Twitter at SG Ellison. You can find myself at Bobby Baltimore. And for my co host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from our first live stream post game action of this season. Plenty more to come. Of course, The next one, unless something crazy happens between now and then, will be on Monday Night Football after the Washington Commanders host the Ravens coming up next week.